Welcome to Just Fucking Metal, your weekly journey down the metal rabbit hole. We have the stories, the bands, and the metal you love. So step right up, because it's time for Just Fucking Metal. Hey everybody, welcome back to Just Fucking Metal. Alright, we got a fun show this week. We've, uh, we've been talking about some of the hair bands that brought us into the deeper, darker side of metal. So uh, we're going to talk about those and how they relate to the conversion to heavy metal and thrash, because that's really where it kind of started. And then how do we, uh, you know, the bands that we would not speak their name back in the day, what we like now and what, <laughs> what, we, what we still throw in every now and then. So, uh, so here I am, Roland. Uh, got my boys with me, Matt, Eric. Hello, hello. hello. So how get, do y'all? Let's get this topic underway. So... Um, Wait, wait, what do you think? Hair metal 81, 82 really started coming of age? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, the New York Dolls could yeah. almost be hair metal, but they were punk rock. Agreed. But, you know, they kind of they had that look, you know. And Kiss, you know, they were doing their, their entirely different thing. But um, I think the New York Dolls kind of gave birth to that look that we now know as hair metal you know the the faster pussycats and the the poisons and those type of bands yeah um yeah so i, yeah, I think you're i think you're about right you know no no i'm I, I was saying definitely i've heard steven tyler talk about how the you know la dolls really influenced or new york dolls i'm sorry influenced him right and mm -hmm. his style and how he dresses and everything so yeah a lot of that came from the punk movement as did most of the harder rock to come right yep absolutely yep thrash metal came from punk yeah yep. mm -hmm. yeah and as as far as you know some of the earliest what we want to call hair metal look or even hair metal sound you know i don't know i mean some some of it's like lighter lighter rock or heavier rock right uh Aerosmith was one of them you know absolutely and tyler had kind of that uh girl looking uh you know feminine style and uh <clears throat> very you know Androgynous, you know. Absolutely. I think that's the word. For. I think that's what influenced a lot of the, the bands after that that started coming up. Yeah, I think so. I think you're absolutely right. The scarves and you know the the teased hair and that type of thing. And um, I mean, yeah, and late seventies, you know, late seventies, early eighties, Judas Priest, right? Early Judas Priest is very much that way flamboyant look yeah yep. yeah really really and you know the scarves and softer and then you know in the 80s like 82 mm -hmm. 83 right they transitioned to the studs and leather and yep. you know you know leather metal was born right right well crew you know motley crew when they first came out they were the la based um you know had that influence over there but they were kind of the greasy yeah metal, metal guys right they weren't so um <laughs> they, they were more raw and dirty as opposed to the dirty other stuff. dirty is the word for them that's for damn sure And then you had 
Def Leppard, you know, some, they were going mm-hmm. since 1977, and, and they were more of the um, English or London-based type of, uh, you know, metal influence or rock influence. They were part of the new wave of British yeah. heavy metal along with Iron Maiden. Yeah. They're just one of those bands who took that turn, you know, yeah. as to where Maiden continued to be the behemoth that it is. Of course, Def Leppard is a band that to this day, you know, is still going pretty strong. They're going to do that stadium tour. coming up but um yeah Def Leppard were a phenomenal hard rock band I mean just you know really really good hard rock band and it and I think during this conversation what's really gonna change is how MTV the phenomenon of the video changed the band so you went from you know the the fooling to the hysteria in almost uh you know one record and uh, they were really going for that bigger crowd because MTV was giving them that uh, avenue. Well, radio play, I believe, was part of that too, right? Like, you didn't hear a lot of Iron Maiden on on top, you know, 100 stations. Then, nope. But you would certainly hear Def Leppard. Play yep, absolutely. And Motley Crue wasn't on the radio until, you know, probably around, oh, um, the Peter Peter Payne, Payne. right? Right, right. Yeah, the first Motley Crue uh, song I remember hearing was Smoking in the Boys' Room. And, uh, you know, it was like uh, the mm-hmm. single that was going to be for the new record. Um, But Molly Crew's another Mm -hmm. perfect example of that great rock and roll band, Dangerous. The the Shout Out Out the Devil is a heavy metal album. Shout Out the Devil is so goddamn good, so goddamn dangerous. You know, scared the shit out of parents, the big pentagram, the guys are standing around in fire. One record later, look where they're at. They're at Theater of Pain. They're, you know, wearing pom-poms and, I mean, just frilly stuff. And it's like, God damn, man, you know, the, we wanted that danger, and this is what you're giving us now, which, you know, I mean, they, they did turn it around and went for more of that biker thing, and that really worked out for Motley Crue. And, 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 and you know, Too Fast for Love. I mean, that album is raw and gritty and just rock and just dirty rock and roll right and and that's and that's what i'm saying like that's like a like you go to a biker bar there's some band playing there you know they're fucking doing coke off the chick's tits in between sets and shit like that and it's just it's just that kind of vibe right and that's that's always been that like i think it gave suburban kids a little bit of danger without really being in danger right because it because yep. I mean, you, you yep. we would go to those shows, and everybody is in spikes and leather and bullet belts and fucking the whole deal, right? And then you go home and you got to wear your eyes odd to school because you'll get your ass kicked or whatever, right? So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah. there was, uh, you know, that some of that other dirty metal while we're on that uh, topic, dirty hair metal bands, um, L.A. Guns. I 
computer. I mean, there, there were friends um, or, you know, Blackie Lawless from Wasp was Nikki's roommate, yeah. I believe. Right. And, you know, all those guys had that same kind of feel. It was really um, uh, greasy. But it's like, it's to me, it's like Wasp. <clears throat> Wasp doesn't always get the credit they should get. I mean, Black, Blackie's a phenomenal showman. Black, Blackie has always put on a show that was just like, the fuck is going on? Did he just throw a body into the crowd? It's like, you know, you, you just got to, he had the giant saw cod piece, man. He was like six, eight. Right. He had to, he had to squat yeah. so he didn't look so big. So he always looked like a spider. Dude, Wasp is amazing. <laughs> and, 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 and it just, you know, album, there were, there were some albums in the middle that were a little sketchy, but I mean, just, you know, the first Wasp album, uh, Last Command, great. Just yeah, absolutely. epic, epic. That first epic, album is epic album. incredible. Still, to this yeah, day. definitely so. Yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. if I would I mean, classify I mean, Wasp in this hair metal conversation, really. I, you know, I don't know. I They're would. on the fringe for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would. I would. And I think it's the inside the electric circus. It's the same thing. Yeah. All right. Two records in. They, they, were, they were searching for a little bit more exposure, a little bit more fame. Randy Piper left. Blackie went to the guitar. They brought in Johnny Rod on bass, who, you know, was the epitome of glam metal. And um, right. so I think that's where Wasp kind of began to, you know, muddy their waters a little bit, because that first album was a heavy metal record for goddamn sure. Well, yeah. Let's talk about that for a second, then, because we could go off on a whole tangent on that. But, I, um, you know, what is the influence of a record label or, uh, you know, for video friendly and radio friendly more airplay more listeners more record sales there's got to be a huge influence from the business oh, side on absolutely. those decisions right like would they have picked that same bass player who was the epitome of a hair metal dude you know if it wasn't for the influence or suggestion of the business i don't know yeah who knows yeah who knows and i mean you know the guys uh he, he can definitely play i mean he was on a lot of their records after that but it you know it's more of that look and again the phenomenon of the video kind of, you know, changed um, almost how they say video kill the radio star. You know, now you really had to be focused on your image sure. and you wanted to be in hit parader and you wanted to be in circus and you wanted to be in cream. So, um, you know, it's just, they, they really kind of navigated towards that more, I don't know, flamboyant look, you know, and um, we'll never, we'll never, talk about poison because they're not metal in any way shape or form it's rock and roll <laughs> yeah, they're they're good at what they do you know you you can't knock them but uh definitely not metal i wouldn't even call them hair metal i know many people will but uh you know yeah. there's a there was one other band that we um had talked about um who kind of oh twisted sister think oh, of yeah. twisted yeah. Sister, gritty ass new york rock and roll band yeah. you know the first record uh under the blade you can't stop rock and roll stay hungry awesome 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 boom they got that that touch of fame yep. you know and 
next record was love us for suckers. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> what the hell happened here? Um, and neon was a big thing, you know, neon was a big oh, thing yeah. in that early eighties and uh, everybody had to get some neon in their, their costuming. But, that, yeah, but so, that was the, back to the business, back to the business side of it, Matt, the, you know, definitely. I, I mean, we were all teenagers, right? But but you have to look back on it now and, and knowing what you know about marketing and business and all that is that those videos were free advertising, right? They were a commercial, a three and a half minute commercial for kids that were stuck to that TV from fucking 4.30 till 9.30 at night for five hours straight. And then on Saturday night's Headbangers Ball, we were there for another fucking three hours, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. that's where you got that's where you got everything. I mean, I would have never known about Warlock, and we're gonna have to talk about Warlock too. I've never, I would have never have known about Warlock without MTV. Never, yeah, never ever. And and it's just like it was MTV was the internet of our day as far as music was concerned. So think it about was. that for a second, though. So you got the head of MTV or a gateway somebody makes the decision for your band or your video to get played on MTV, yeah. right? So that guy is pretty damn important. What his influences are or what, what he's looking at as his filter to say, yes, you're going to get played on MTV in some sort of way is what has been successful in yeah. their past, right? So everything he does now is going to have that same look with the same um, combination of what he's done before that actually sold, right? So success. Every single uh, AR rep who's searching for the next big thing is going to go out there and look for guys who fit that mold, right? Mm -hmm. So it just becomes more and more of the same shit getting shoved through the filter so that you can see it. But without any airplay on MTV, your band is nothing, right? Like you're not going to blow up. You're not going to sell a bunch of records. You're not going to go on a big tour if you're not on MTV. So people from a band perspective had to compromise, I feel, their – you know, their, their artistic creativity and their ability and kind of give that away and bend it in order to say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go sign that contract with you so we can be on TV and we can go on those tours and whatever else. And this, but I think, I think the art piece of it as well is you had Aerosmith again. Aerosmith was such a great rock and roll band, incredible rock and roll band, dirty rock and roll band, drugs, all that stuff, you know. Once MTV got a hold of them and they begin to get bigger and bigger and, of course, get a bigger market, they started writing their music with videos in mind, you know, and it really hurt the product. I mean, I know Dude Looks Like a Lady's a huge hit, um, you know, but, it, I mean, it's so cheapened what they had done in the past, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, it's just another, another band that, um, you know, almost changed what they were and MTV had a big part in it because yeah. they were now writing a song with the video in mind. I mean, if you're looking at, if you're looking at Aerosmith, right, if you're looking at toys in the attic, that album, 
phenomenal rock album. I mean, hard, heavy, fucking fast, and just a, you know, street dudes from Boston in a band fucking killing it, right? And then you go right, to, right, and then, and then you go to you know, dude looks like a lady or angel, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this because the integrity of the music that it's I really liked is, is not there anymore. And and you know that that eighties mm-hmm. that eighties push to MTV, you saw that exact same. What has worked? Let's sign eight thousand of those acts in the nineties with grunge. Right. Like, oh oh oh! These guys. These yep. guys. These guys play three chords and have flannel. Fuck, they're going to be great. Let's do it. And that wasn't the case, right? There were a ton of grunge bands, mm-hmm. just as there were a ton of hair bands that blew dog. I mean, we're just bad. And, Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and it's, and and then I think that that money making aspect of it. And I'm not anti money making at all. But uh, the sometimes in art the more money you try to make out of it, the more it dilutes the creativity and cheapens the product. As far as I, you know, my opinion. Absolutely. I totally agree. So when I think about, you know, the progression of, we started talking about the, the early, early uh, metal bands, right? Hair metal bands. And so when I think about progression for me, even like, what was I listening to when I first started hearing some of this, uh, you know, pop metal, <laughs> call it that, or hair metal. Mm-hmm band for me it was it started out with striper cross rock uh, crossover band uh definitely on the the hair metal side oh yeah um and then it was yeah, Twisted Sister. he's no bobby doll but he was fine yeah <laughs> no, he's hot, he's hotter than bobby doll <laughs> okay we're going into weird... robert sweet look at we're going we're going into weird territory. Matt, bring us back, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I digress. Uh so Twisted Sister was really the the one of my early ones and uh followed by Quiet Riot. And of course Van Halen was in that same early era too. And they're one of those that's kind of okay, are they really hair metal or are they more like, you know, rock uh, solely? But I think they cross over um on both sides of that fan. And I have that I same think there were bands who Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was just going to say, I think there's bands who had a heavy metal record. Like Van Halen, you know, uh, Fair Warning is a heavy metal record. Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil is a heavy metal record. It's like these bands actually had one album that actually was heavy metal. And then, you know, they, they went, you know, maybe back to their rock side or what have you. Uh, Skid Row Monkey Business, heavy metal as fuck. <laughs> I mean, 
that, yeah, that Slave to the Grind is good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good album. And mm. and, and I like a lot, again, Skid Row was always a little more dirty to me, and I like a lot of Skid Row. And I don't necessarily like the, you know, 18 in Life and the, the kind of the Skid Row standard. The Youth Gone Wild, right. Yeah, I like some of their off the off the reservation stuff, and it's really good. And, and Sebastian's box stuff now I really enjoy, you know. it's mm-hmm. he's he's a he's a huge kiss fan right so that obviously played into what his band was going to be and how flamboyant they'd be and they were loud and nasty and all that other shit and it, it just you get sucked up into that well i need to i need to be i need to be the same as everybody else because everybody else is successful which is a great model but again in art it ultimately tears the product to pieces and that was the same that, that same thing, we learned zero lessons and went right into grunge and did the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's a formula. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, after after the Van Halen, it kind of started crossing into some of these newer metal or hair metal bands. Uh, for me, it was Winger, Cinderella, Bullet Boys, um, Rat was, was a little earlier than those uh. guys. Um, and same with crew they were a little earlier than those guys too but it started to come into this new uh where they started to get played a lot more and became a lot more prevalent on radio and video Mm -hmm. um kicks white lion uh bon jovi of course was in there their videos were always number one same with europe i mean how, how the hell can you get that out of your head when you hear that uh warrant you know was another one poison was always on that rotating cycle so faster pussycat is another one just Tons of them. And, Ki- and during the ha- during the ha- during the hair metal time, Kiss was in heavy rotation in that too. And I think Kiss really transitioned from that those awkward two years of lick it up, like right after they went out of makeup, and really just said, you know what, fuck this. This is who right. we are. Let's do it. And and went full glam metal. And you know a full lot of glam, those, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of you know, a lot of those songs are super fun and catchy, just like Kiss songs are. But but they made yeah, absolutely, and they and they didn't uh, they didn't hold back at all. The other thing, back to the back to the economic part of it, Matt. So you know that when we were all that age, right? We all had like what two dollars ever, right? Like at one time, like we'd have five five bucks or six bucks, or we didn't ever have money. Money. Who had money that hung out with us? chicks right <laughs> that's true right because they had jobs <laughs> exactly 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 we were slackers and the girls we hung out with had jobs and had money and like you know so they would buy beer and they would do this and that and we would hang out and that was cool but that was the same with the mtv thing is like if we can get women into this they have more money and more buying power and can get it done they can make their boyfriends and their husbands and their dads buy it and so now you've pulled that whole market in. And that, I think that's a lot of what MTV was for. I mean, until it switched over to Headbangers Ball for us, it was like, ugh, I can't, I, I can't watch mm-hmm. this again. I, I can't watch this. I can't yeah. watch this, you know. Even even Dawkin, who I love. I love Dawkin. Dawkin is an amazing band. George Lynch is one of the best guitarists ever. And, you know, they they went super hair for a while and then kind of not. And then... You know, now they're just old dudes playing and good for them. But I mean, yeah. but I, I would, there's several docking songs that I would say are heavy metal as fuck too. 
you know, that I can pull I, out. I would agree, man. Yep, I love Doc. And Tooth and Nail is a great record. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, Roland, another one I know you're a big fan of is uh, White Snake. They were a dirty rock and roll band, you know, yep. fucking yep. all that lighted in and all that stuff. I love mm-hmm. that old White Snake. And then they yeah. had that White Snake record, and Still of the Night was awesome, you know, great fucking mm-hmm. song. <laughs> Kind of uh, brought in the the MTV for White Snake, yeah. you know, and yeah. then yeah. you got them rolling on the the Mercedes, and uh, here I go again, and is this Tony love, Kertain, and, bro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk yeah, so about I, that for a second because that is a huge piece of hair metal is the ballads, right? When you talk right, about right. bringing the chicks into yeah. it, right? Like, yep. Oh, yep. it's such a sweet song. The ballads had to be in the mix. Every fucking hair metal band, every album had a ballad, you know, had at least one. have one hit ballad on it. And those were staples. And were they bad? Well, it's kind of a, I, I liked them at the time. <laughs> I think a lot of people yeah. did. But now you look yeah, back. They did. They were huge. They're huge. Yep. So they sold They're, a lot of know, albums for that, just for those singles. It, it's definitely cotton candy. You know, it's sweet. And it, it you know, it filled the gap that it needed to. And uh, and, and, you know, what's, and, you, and you know what was, what was interesting in that same time is the, like, Metallica, right? On two albums, two albums closed out with a thrash ballad, right? So Fade to Black and uh, Sanitarium. Sanitarium? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? So two, True. so two ba- ballady for Metallica. Yeah, ballad-esque. yeah. And, and kind of said, hey, you know, everybody else has got a ballad. Maybe some chicks will listen to you singing about some dude going insane in an asylum. That'd be awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, no. That's part of it. And then, uh, you know, Testament blatantly has a song called Ballad on the Practice <laughs> What You Preach record. And uh, Exodus, their fourth album, they had a big sticker on it that said, four records, no ballads. You know, with a big exclamation point. <laughs> but, uh, uh, okay, so, again, so let's do your marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about let's talk about the let's talk about the shaming because there's always a lot of talk now about bullying and canceling and all this other shit that's going on, right? A lot of these bands, if you like them, once once we transitioned into Slayer, yeah, right? once it's we true. were listening to Slayer, once we were listening to Slayer and Testament and shit like that, you couldn't listen to that anymore. Well, you could. I had no listen to it, it. In, out in the open. You had to become a closet. Um, hair metal guy right like yeah yeah i loved hair metal but i loved you know 
fucking death metal and blood metal and shit. Too. Of course. <laughs> but those circles didn't really mix well. Uh-uh. Right? right. Like, you're right. So you had to pick one. And mm-hmm. it didn't mean you couldn't go listen to that in your car on your yeah. own by yourself. You're right. If you had your Slayer buddy sitting in the car next to or in the seat next to you in your car, you're not going to throw in Winger, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. not. To anyway. to. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Pull, pull over so I can beat you up. Exactly. <laughs> Let me just say, you. if you were in Vince's car, you had no say whatsoever. <laughs> no, you were listening to Vince as loud as possible. Fucking Celtic Frost and Bathory on 12. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Holy terror. But, but yeah, that, that was, that was a interesting, interesting part of the genre and the shift that if you made, like, like you couldn't straddle both, right? You couldn't love both equally. It's like, you know, uh, fucking Elvis and the Beatles. You got to love one more. Right. And yep. Yep. And it's like, it's like, you could not, you, you couldn't even, even Guns N' Roses at some point became too glam to be acceptable in the metal circle. Right. Sure. And, and I would say that yeah, they, uh, Appetite for Destruction is a super raw, another just garage band. Yeah. Album. Incredible yeah. record. Yeah. Incredible record. Absolutely. <laughs> And then I think it just egos, really boiled down to blew up. It just boiled down to, you know, what what was everybody in your circle accepting as heavy mm-hmm. enough? Mm-hmm. And you really had to almost walk on eggshells, from what I remembered when you, because uh, I, I mean, I, I had a group of you know guys who listened to, to hair metal, and then one group would listen to more like you know, like black metal, death metal and shit like that. And then one was kind of in between who liked both. And so you always wanted to share, you know, what music, like new music came out. But I, I remember just being like, I don't know, man, this is, this is a little lighter than what this group's going to, that they're used to, you know, maybe I shouldn't share this shit right now with these cats. Maybe I can share it with some other dudes, you know, but you kind of knew, you, you kind of knew and you didn't knew where you stood with certain groups on certain music. And you knew that, that some guys who are in certain groups also like some lighter shit too. They just didn't say it. Right. 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 Mm -mm. You did not, (laughs) you did not talk about it. And it was, you know, and you would, and you would see these little justifications, right? I remember, you know, when uh, slaves of the grind came out and several of our friends were like, God, this is fucking heavy as shit. I'm like, it's still skid row, dude. I can't, I can't listen to (laughs) I can't listen to the first Kid Row album, and I can't listen to fucking Bon Jovi Runaway. What the fuck? What, what is the deal? <laughs> Where's the line? Yeah. yeah. Get it. So, yeah. yeah, and I think the line was T-shirt and jeans. If the band wore T-shirt and jeans, they were good to go. If they wore any product in their hair, fuck those pussies. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was, oh, it's so true, man. You had, to, you had to watch what T-shirts you wore. 
certain time. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And then, and then we had the then, scary t-shirts then. <laughs> and then the, po- today, the, the, today, the poser, the, shirts. the poser label, like you didn't want that. Right. That, that was harsh when you were fucking 18, dude. If you were a poser and you were Absolutely. committed, you were committed to the fucking metal in your heart, right? And so I was like, you're a fucking poser. And you're like, why? Because <laughs> you, you, you just listened to Black and Blue. And I was like, well, uh, all right. I like Black and Blue. <laughs> I'll do that in silence. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just jamming to Slayer a minute ago and we both liked it. What's the big fucking deal? And that was the deal. We'd be at those parties that would be pr- primarily those bands, Van Halen, ACDC, that kind of stuff. And then we would sneak on a Testament CD, like in the middle of yep, everybody yep. being just fucked up. And they're like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? I don't know what to do to this. <laughs> yep. and, we're, and we're just in front of it, just fucking, Aah! and they're like, what are you doing? Like, well... This is how we put. This is how we put an eyeliner. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our eyeliners are black eyes. <laughs> I think there were really three phases of of that hair metal, though. You know, there was the early, like we talked about with Twisted Sister, Rat, Quiet Riot, when they were first starting out in Juice, Juice Priest, and then you got into kind of the uh, White Lion, L.A. Guns, Bon Jovi, Europe, the the MTV phase, and then it, it started to change a little bit. Like you started to see like enough's enough, extreme firehouse, trickster, steelheart, you know, uh, yeah, danger, right, danger, man. bang tango. Like there was another group, like the young kids. I think firehouse was like 16 or 17 years old when they started playing yeah. shit. Right. Yeah. And man, it started to get bad, really yeah. bad. Like I couldn't even listen to that shit anymore, even though it might've tried, you know, like bubblegum pop catchy shit. It was bad. And yeah. I couldn't listen to it. It got rough. Green Jelly, I think it was another yeah. one. But yeah, anyway, there was a section there when it was phasing out. It needed to phase out. Like two. it was, it was like Kmart rock. You know, you weren't getting the the Target caliber glam metal. You were getting the Kmart caliber metal. You know, or glam rock. But I'm yeah, Firehouse. You. But I'm telling you right now, I remember the chick I broke up with and listened to all she wrote from Firehouse about 8,000 fucking times. <laughs> just drinking fucking Jack Daniels and listening to that song, just being a sad sack bitch, right? I remember that shit. I, mean, I hear it's, you. It's ingrained in your in your DNA at this point. And Steel it's hard all... for me, brother. Oh, yeah. Damn. That's, yeah. That song, I can't remember what. You know, you know what I thought? When you, listened off, when you listened off those last six or seven bands, I was like, all of those bands are known for their ballad. Yeah. Like, yep. like, the, like the rest of their catalog is, you know, a couple songs that people know. But every one of those. Slaughter. Oh, Slaughter. Hell yeah. Slaughter. Yeah, that's one. He's still, he's still rocking it, dude. He's still touring. And, and I saw, um, uh, what was a couple years ago, I saw Tesla, right? Okay. Tesla, Tesla yeah. great. Really, really great. But I don't know that Tesla ever... I mean, I think they flirted with it, but they were just a rock and roll band. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think they were more hippie and rock and roll than ever, like glam. I mean, there was a couple, a couple shots where they're obviously all you know, posed. But it, it, what was yeah. that? <laughs> it's blue steel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they all had that certain look. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of those bands, enough, you know, enough's enough. I've talked to Chips enough several times, and he is adamant that they were not a hair band, you know, never. That that, that was just kind of 
forced on them by the people they were pleasing. And then they had, you know, Fly High Michelle and, you know, those songs that took off. And then you had to, right? But now all the guys in Enough's Enough's are just, you know, cool cats and they play rock and roll and they, they kill it every show. And it's, you know, they're, they're fun to watch. And, and mm-hmm. not, a, not a bad band, you know, a really good band with really good musicians and they're not hair metal at all. I think it just ties into when you sign a record contract, you have to do certain things and they push you in certain directions, right? Right. Especially you if you want your band. product promoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's part yeah. of the, part of the machine. And, and that's the thing the the 80, the 80s was a decade of the image, right? Can you put, can you put slick album covers in the, in the slots? Can you, can you have a full cutout stand up kick, Kip Winger with his bass, and that sells shit, sure right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, everybody, uh, you know, you would go to us, and we'd have, you know, Death Angel and Motorhead and fucking all these posters, and you'd go to some chick's room, and she had Winger and, you know, White Lion and that stuff hanging up, and you're like, wait, I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> And one fun thing, one fun thing is when you mention the image, um, Iron Maiden, uh, mm-hmm. w- one thing they've always said is the reason Eddie is the image of the band is because we're all a bunch of ugly motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. And Quiet Riot was thrown into the hair metal bunch. And, and I believe yep. Yep. That, that Quiet Riot primarily is a heavy metal band. I mean, Metal Health is a metal album. You know, it is. It is. Absolutely. There's no no doubt about that. The same with the same with the Scorpions. I could go back to early Scorpions, like you know, um, Blackout and those albums, and they're solid, solid rock and roll albums. And then you know they did Rhythm of Love in '86 and all that other shit, and just got really, you know, a lot softer. And I will always love the Scorpions, but there's a whole chunk of catalog of theirs I don't need to hear ever. And Love It for Sting mm-hmm. is a is a yeah. is a heavy, amazing album. I mean, it's a it's a so great, good, so good, great, great album. And it's interesting that we followed the delineations that were created for us, as we generally do. <laughs> we just went, oh, okay, I should do that. I'll do that. And we did. And it, it, was, it was weird. But now when you see, you know, we still have friends who are like, man, fuck those pussies. They're all a bunch of fags. You know, and you're like, 
you're like it's no no dude it's 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 good music yeah. just don't look just don't look at them just listen to the song just you we don't have it's to watch it's no lifestyle <laughs> yeah exactly we don't <laughs> have i think to we definitely it. had some more open mind um to to different music because it was it was kind of a it was a, it was a weird setup because we were we were fed what we were fed right from mm-hmm. radio stations and and MTV and stuff like that. But uh, you know you would get um, your music magazines right with with a Hit Parader and all that fun stuff, and you would see what everybody was advertising, what they wanted you to eat. But we were also yeah. very hungry for new new bands, right? We were yeah. always on the prowl for new shit. And how many albums, you know, do you remember buying just off of that cover art, right? Like it was, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really cool. I don't know what the fuck they sound like, but I'm going to do it. You throw your 10 yep. bucks down. I mean, there was, a, there was a time when, you know, I almost exclusively outside of the shit I knew would find like the most just demonic, horrid looking cover art you can find. With a with a logo that looked metally, right? It had the angles and stuff, and, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> and you're like, all right, let's check that out, you know. And um, and then you'd get it through movies. I mean, we got a you know my my introduction to Hallow's Eve was from Rivers Edge, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, actually, it was from a Metal Massacre, but further indoctrination came from the Rivers Edge soundtrack, yep. and you know, that kind of stuff. And then what your friends had and what your friends found, you got a lot of that too, but there wasn't, there wasn't a, I feel like death metal from Norway today. And you type in yep. a search and you get all this shit back. It wasn't like that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right. So we, we've kind of gone off the, the path of the hair yeah. metal conversation. Let's get back on that road. Yeah. And I, I think uh, we were probably getting to the end of the death metal or I'm sorry, yeah. the glam yeah. hair metal era. So let's talk yeah. about, let's just throw out like what was, you know, one or two of your favorite classic hair metal bands that there's no discrepancy whether they were hair metal or not. Just throw maybe like the two that you listen to or like the most uh, during the hair metal phase. Eric? Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, Definitely Kiss. You know, I grew up with Kiss. Kiss were my first exposure to real rock and roll. And, you know, I love Gun. That's a metal song, you know, just incredible. God of Thunder's a metal song. Uh, so Kiss for sure. And then, as we mentioned, they took that huge transition. They dropped the makeup. They went. But again, their product was good. You know, it, it was the sweet tooth. Of course, all their songs were, you know, sexual innuendos. But uh, they were still good songs, you know, because it's Kiss. They they have a great product. And then second is definitely Motley Crue. Um, outside of the hiccup of Theater of Pain, um, you know, they they came back again, like I said, um, girls, girls, girls was a strong record. And then of course, Dr. Feelgood is just, you know, a great phenomenal rock and roll record. So, um, you know, it was probably crew and they're one of my first touches as well, you know, going back to the, the early days, uh, here in too fast for love. And then, you know, come out and it was such a masterpiece, you know, and in constant rotation. So kiss and Molly crew for me, for sure. Roland. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to have to say Warlock. Warlock 
was definitely a hair metal band. Um, they're German. They don't know any different. Unless you're creator, you're a hair metal band from Germany. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, but I mean, Warlock had some heavy shit and was, and you know, Dora's vocals are still to this day amazing. She is as a, as a front woman, as a, as a lead, as, you know, kind of a open the door for all those chicks that wanted to sing for a band. She definitely puts the blueprint down. This is who you have to be. And, you know, I'm me and I'm, and she's, you know, and she hung out with fucking Lemmy and, you know, all kinds of people and, and just yeah, cross cross boundaries and was amazing. And then the, oh God, probably the other one, I would say, I would say LA guns, man. I, I, I think LA guns made that transition to a hair band and, uh, but LA guns has always just been the dirtier, nastier, more fun guns and roses to me. So I, I love mm-hmm. LA guns. I mean, all like most of their catalog. I, I just love, it's great. Right on. Matt? Those are good. Well, for me, um, um, boy, there's so many, I was huge <laughs> into hair metal, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I'd say probably the one that stands out the most, uh, was white snake, uh, for me, you know, they just consistently put out good music and, uh, you know, when the single still of the night came out and Adrian Vandenberg's guitar playing and him copying kind of what his dad, uh, you know, with the bow on the guitar, uh, during that solo, I was like, wow, that is, that is badass. That is cool. I'm going to listen to that over and over. And I remember going to uh, an amusement park. I think it was worlds of fun or uh, six flags. It's probably both that summer. And they had these like eight foot speakers just stacked up outside of their like, um, you know, where you can go in and do your own video shit. And they were playing um, Still of the Night like over and over. And I just remember standing in front of those speakers listening to that song. <laughs> it was so good. And nobody yeah. really ever heard that up to that point. I mean, that's, I think that's why it was so good. It's like, it was just such a tight and um, very well done song. And David Coverdale coming from Deep Purple and his vocals, man, were so powerful. And it was a really yeah. well song. So I was kind of hooked on White Snake after that. And then, uh, I think it, Adrian broke his foot or his, his leg or something. And then Steve Vai had to step in for a little bit. And I was a huge Steve Vai fan because I played guitar and I loved all his shit. And he was just this virtuoso and he came on tour with him and I just fell in love with White Snake. So anyway, that was probably the one that stood out for me the most. And then kind of my guilty pleasure was Bullet Boys, kind of a lesser known one. Uh, it was one of the first live um, hair bands that I ever saw live. And that lead singer, I don't know much about him, um, but I know that lead singer had hair down to his knees, basically. And it was like either bleach blonde or it was actually blonde. And he was, he came out on that stage, man, and his voice was so powerful. Like that dude can sing and he can hit. He had a voice, man. And I, I don't know if they, they're still playing or not, but man, they were so good at the time. And that was really one of their only... You know, maybe they had like two good albums, but that one I thought was really, really solid for the time. And, and...
smooth yeah. up in you. Smooth yeah. up in you, dude. That that beginning when it when that beginning of smooth up in you when he does that that intro out and out is like wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. He's good. Yeah. And then so to bring this all full circle, steel. Panther. Bring it. We know what you're gonna say. Steel, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> steel Panther, right? Steel Absolutely. Panther. Steel Panther took the best of every hair metal thing ever done and and fucking boiled it down into a little crack rock of fucking rock and roll <laughs> and and just dude they are they are amazing i mean and and when you go to a steel panther show you feel that mid 80s vibe and you just feel happy and you fucking mentally associate with all that shit and you know i'm i'm glad that i know they do it in a parody way but I don't think anybody that's going to see them thinks it's a parody anymore, right? They're they're a band on. Well, their it's own. it's original material. Now, of course, they're great, you know. And, and they will play mm-hmm. a badass. They will play a badass cover in the middle of the show, whatever, right? But they're they're like I, I'm glad that that's where that ended up going. They can suck a dick. They can lick a sack. Everybody shout! Heavy Because it is, it is, yep. like, it is the museum piece of hair metal to me, right? It is the here's all you need to know. You don't need to listen to all this other shit. This is exactly what it was like every fucking day, every Friday night, all the time. This was it. And you know, shout out to Steel Panther for fucking mounting that steam yeah. right now. That's right. That's what right. they're doing is really, really cool. Oh, it is. It's amazing. It's really great. So that's. Uh, that's it, man. I that was that was great. We could do this for three hours, but uh. <laughs> there are so many bands to, to talk about that fit into that category, and even ones that are on the fringe. But uh, they all have some place in our memories mm-hmm. and uh, give us, you know, some some reminder of what we were doing at that time. And we lived yes. through it, and they were definitely good bands. So yeah. I think that's it. Uh, anything you guys want to share before we wrap it up? No, man. I definitely enjoyed talking about these. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so go ahead on the page, nut up, tell us who your favorite hair band is, and we'll see how much shit you get over it. <laughs> Let's we give it a we whirl. won't give you shit. <laughs> no, we're fine. We, we're good. we won't give you shit. We're good. We're, we're good. And if we get any shit from anybody, we'll go ahead and block you. So that's cool. <laughs> that is the power we have. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, we are an open forum. You can say whatever you want, post whatever you want. Everybody that's been posting videos, keep doing that. That's awesome. We'd love to see what you guys will listen to, and it opens up our minds as well. So really awesome. So let's wrap it up, fellas. Until next time, stay fucking metal. Please. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Just Fucking Metal. Subscribe to our videos on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and remember, stay just fucking metal.